Hey everybody, it's Dave here and Darren over there. We are going to talk Vikings at Green Bay. That team from Wisconsin. That toilet dump of a spot up on <laughs> in their state. But anyways, it should be fun. Tons of news this week to go over. And we'll be here with you. So, after the roll-in, we'll get it. Let's go! Welcome to Two Old Bloggers, your 2021 pregame show for the Vikings. Hey everybody, it's Dave here. I hope you had a fantastic holiday and happy new year. Hopefully 2022. Two will be our best year yet. Not only for us, but for our beloved team. How's your holidays go there, Darren? Good, Dave. Uh, was uh, had a took a quick trip down to see some in-laws in northern Alberta. Uh, so it really wasn't any warmer there than it is here. But, <laughs> I was going to uh, ask, was it warmer? <laughs> No, no, it was actually it was colder down there. So, <laughs> and, but uh, it was it was all good. Um, and uh, I didn't get to watch Sunday's game live because last Sunday's game live because we were in transit traveling. So I had to. And uh, you had to well, suffer through things. the replay. Oh my god! Yeah, it was, yeah. It was hard well, enough yeah. going through it the first time. But yeah, we'll, I just, we will get into some of the problems of that game momentarily. But uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Yes, thanks and I for, wanted to thank everybody that, in. that's joined us, Raymond, Wayne, Joseph, of course, the beloved Mary, um, Stephen, who's already predicting a 52-12 win. You must be drinking already, buddy, but there's nothing wrong with that. I hope things are well down in your end of the world. And, uh, Let's get this thing started. Let's get it rolling. We have a big game. Needless to say, it is against the Packers. And oops, not the wrong I wanted to hit. Here we go. Like I said, it's a big game from Captain Obvious. We love when we play the Packers. We love when we beat the Packers. Question is, will we? We shall <laughs> see. All right. Let's start out first with the weather forecast tomorrow. And I took this from last night. I just looked minutes ago. It's about the same. Uh, these temperatures are in um, Fahrenheit. For those that are overseas and use Celsius, Darren will have to translate. But in other <laughs> words... It's a bit chilly. It's a balmy. It was supposed to be colder. Uh, they're going to start. It'll be about 15 degrees with a wind chill around 2. And they'll end around 13 degrees with a wind chill around negative 1. So, it's not exactly tropical. What do you think of this weather, Darren? Considering the, uh, Dave, considering the uh, news... That we had this week, particularly for the Vikings, not good news. I almost feel like this is uh, a, could be a bit of a 
field leveler for both games because uh, just because uh, it, the colder the game is and if you get a fair amount of wind, uh, that will impact both teams' passing games. And with Kirk uh, Cousins not playing and Sean Mannion playing for the Vikings, uh, we're not going to be passing a whole lot anyway, probably too successfully. Uh, whereas uh, the, the Packers are going to do what they, they do, which is a, a nice, usually in a pretty fulsome mix of run and pass but but any I, I think you know cold weather the ball will be a little slicker but a little harder to grip it's a little harder. I think that it hurts um it especially hurts. for receivers so it's and it's going to be cloudy no chance of precipitation precipitation they would have had that i think last night but i think that even moved out so it's just going to be cold and going to be cold and not and not super super cold we're all from up north. Like I said there's a good chunk of us that are from up north and experience much colder weather, but it should be, I agree with you, a field leveler, and I expect to see a lot of run, 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 with uh, probably Dalvin Cook getting 40-plus carries and then spelled by either Madison or Wong Wu. So let's get into the normal step. Offense versus defense. Uh, in the big picture, PFF has our offense dropping. Has Football Outsiders has our offense dropping. Elias Sports has our offense dropping. <laughs> Make sense? Yeah. Makes over, sense, especially if you've watched games. the last couple of games. Uh, and uh, and pretty uh, precipitous precipitous drop from uh, pro football focus it wasn't too long ago dave we were looking at the vikings offense and the analytics and they had us you know right around the top you know 10 11 mm-hmm. area and now we're sinking we're is... sinking quickly mm-hmm. yes now their defense they uh pff has them eight i don't know why they have them that high but they have them eight because generally uh Football Outsiders does not have them well. They have them at 21st and moving up. But where their problem, they're good, decent against the pass, but not so good against the run. Now that plays into our hand on a cold game. It does, or it should. Yes. Dalvin, run, 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 is what we're going to see tomorrow night. So now Elias, they're not so bad. They're... You know, right around 10, depending. You can look at the total yards, passing, rushing points, etc. Um, sacks, they are 13th. They give they have given up 36. And uh, turnovers, they have uh, in takeaways, they're 7th with 26. On our side, we have given up 25 sacks, and we are 3rd with... Uh, Giveaways with the third fewest of 13. Wayne saying it's going to be run, 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 punt. Eh, very well, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> um, Mary's talk about different Zimmer at the last pressure. We will get into Mike Zimmer later in the show, Mary. Don't you worry. Now, switch. What do you mean over. by that, Mary? <laughs> Switching over, the Vikings defense, the vaunted Mike Zimmer defense, has actually gone up. It is now ranked 15th on PFF. 
versus PFF's number one offense. And we'll get into who's going to be there playing and who's not. And it's going to make an impact. Uh, football outsiders. Um, we have our defense at 13th overall, 11th against the pass. They like our secondary better and 22nd against the run. Both of those have actually creeped up. And for football outsiders, we're creeping up to that top 10 on defense. But can they sustain it? Uh, with folks out and how this is looking, uh, it's doubtful. And then you look at Elias Sports, and we still suck over there on almost all the <laughs> stats, except for when it comes to sacks. We're second in the league. We've been bouncing between first and second all season. We didn't get any last week, so we dropped down to second. And I don't remember who moved up to the first. But And for takeaways, we are 12th with 22. Two. I would love to see more of those. Mary and I talked during the last week's game how we needed more, but we had three interceptions and couldn't capitalize on Diddly Squat. A sore point for all Viking fans. Mm-hmm. All right. Packers and- offense. Number one, like I said, for PFF. Uh, football Outsiders likes them too. They're at number two. Um, their pass is number two, runs number six, so they do have an effective offense. Thank uh, future Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers for that. You, uh, Elias, they're middle of the pack on the numbers for the most part, passing their 11. We shall see. Now, when it comes to sacks, they've taken 23, and they're... Um, on giveaways, they're first with the least 10. Aaron Rodgers hasn't thrown an interception in quite a while. so Six games. He's due. Since, yeah, well, even, yeah, if it, <laughs> one might be as, one might, you might be lucky to get one off him. Uh, that would be um, nice. Or a fumble. Be nice. I'll take a fumble. I'll take a broken collarbone. <laughs> yeah, that, that's about the uh, only way that uh, this game will be close if uh, <laughs> if he's knocked out of the game way early. <laughs> um, yes, Dan, think about how many sacks we would have had if Hunter had played, and Everson for that matter. And uh, later, yes, it would be a lot higher. We'd easily break 50. We're still close to breaking 50. We need three in each of the last two games. Um, but it would have been a lot more than that. It would have been very, very interesting to see those numbers. All right, now to special teams. Here is a big difference maker, which we'll get into part of a one of our next segments. Vikings are dropping in their special teams play. However, the Packers are staying the same at the bottom of the league. What do you think about that? The, uh, I'm a bit surprised that the Vikings have. Um, I guess it, it's uh, one thing I've noticed about football outsiders and their special teams rankings is that if 
if you get get a punt return or a kickoff return touchdown in your favor, your your rankings go whoosh, they go mm-hmm. up quite a bit. And if uh, and I guess uh, and when you, you give, give up, up a punt one, return touchdown, they go, you go whoosh way down. Because I don't think that the the Vikings special teams is 16th in the league. Uh, I think they they're they've been top 10 probably and in the top five for 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 uh, football outsiders pretty much most of the year and i would say that that's where they belong when i look at the the kickoff coverage the punt return coverage uh, minus last week uh, and what wang chung has done in the kickoff return section session and joseph has been uh, uh you know he's been more or less pretty solid uh throughout the year he's missed a few key kicks and we've gone over that but but uh, still that, that's a the the packers uh, special teams in all areas has other than the punter who uh, the punting side of things they've been very poor uh, ranked last I would say that's pretty pretty accurate and I think that that could be another field level or mm-hmm. potential advantage for the Vikings uh, you know say I I got a feeling uh, Wang Wu is going to return one more kick for a touchdown this year uh, well, and uh, you know those we'll types talk, of things we'll talk about more about that later in the show. Until then, we now have our injury list. I did this last night, people. Things have changed a bit. Cameron Dancer went in the last night as listed as doubtful. Michael Pierce was questionable, but we just received about 30 minutes ago, a little bit more than that, a tweet from our beloved Minnesota Vikings. And, of course, I didn't label them. Ha ha. Picked the right one. There it is. There you go. Michael Pierce is out with downgraded with an illness. Illness can mean anything. It doesn't mean COVID. It could mean flu. It could mean whatever. Bad. He's not ready to play. And, unfortunately, that's a shame because uh, Michael Pierce was playing well. And we could use him against in the middle to apply some pressure the way he does it and also run stopping as you can and see, it means less a little bit of, and it means you can rotate him and armand watts uh, mm-hmm. instead of watts playing the vast majority of the snaps which is what's going to happen tomorrow more than likely thomas says pierce is a bust do you believe that darren no, I I would say that uh, he is not a bust. Uh, one reason is that well, he didn't play last year. That was his choice, but uh, he can't. And, and that, if I remember really label, correctly, that bumps out his contract an extra year. It does. So we get him an extra year. Uh, I I think that uh, this year, you know, again, elbow injury kept him out for a significant amount of games, um, and maybe we didn't uh, didn't see. We certainly haven't seen the improvement in the run defense that we were expecting with both him him in there and the signing of Dalvin Tomlinson. But uh, I don't think I think it's too early to say that he's a bust because really this is his first year with the team, and um, there's lots of other issues that have contributed to the Vikings' poor run defense, and it ain't all on Michael Pierce. Right um, now he has been injured; so, he had the elbow injury, and now the illness and stuff happens. We know that, and we could later say he's injury-prone, but I think it's too early for that because unless it's a recurring-type injury, that's hard to say that you know a guy's 
a bust due to injuries. Um, for play-wise, he grades out pretty well. I love what I've seen from him when he's actually on the field and playing. Uh, Thomas still we, thinks he's a bust. Yeah, and, and uh, Wayne that, thinks he's that's a all bust. well and good. Mm-hmm. That's all well and good, but um, you, you, I don't feel you can call a guy a bust you know, in sort of the first year of his of his playing, um, and particularly when we got him for you know a couple of more years. And uh, let's see how the Vikings' defense looks with him in there and hopefully healthy in 2022 before we start calling him a bust. Now, Tyler Conklin, I hope, shows up. Hey, I hope Cameron Dantzler shows up, but I doubt that's going to be the case. Uh, oh, Wayne said he's a bust, not a bust. Yes, he is a he's a big boy, big round belly. Um, Packers. Jair Alexander, which we feared early in the week, has already been ruled out now. David Bakhtiari still out. Billy Turner's out. And uh, Tyler Lancaster's. They're only questionable. So, any questions? That's the injury report. Now, of course, what comes after the injury report there, Darren, this season? The COVID IR report. First one, big news of the week. Everybody's favorite quarterback, and Joseph says, is a bust. Mr. Kirk Cousins, who promised to be enclosed in plexiglass to have meetings under the goalpost in December and January, is out due to testing positive for covid is there anything in particular, Darren, you want to say specifically about Kirk Cousins before we look at the rest of the list? <laughs> well, uh, it ain't good <laughs> that he's not playing. <laughs> and, uh, oh, my God. Uh, but I did, I think a couple of – was just over – I think a month or so ago that uh, uh, I, I said uh, with, with – uh, COVID cases uh, with you know, the the weather starting to turn cold in places like Minnesota, COVID cases rising, people in colder climates going indoors more, uh, not being able to practice uh, or not wanting to practice outdoors as much, and, and cousins being unvaccinated, that it was a matter of, uh, not a matter of if, it was a matter of when he was going to get land on the COVID list, and it happened at uh, oh, just about the worst time it could possibly happen for the Vikings. Just when Mike Zimmer said it would probably happen, when uh, the game was on the line and their playoff hopes rested on it. Sure enough, it happened. Steven, I'm not bashing Cousins. I just tell you, I'm just telling you what he said back in July. It's, uh, it has nothing to do with his play. It has to do with his COVID status. Speaking of COVID status, here is the list. However, Darren informed me right before we went online. Um, hang on, guys. You've been bashing the hell. Well, I have. Yes, I agree. But we we haven't started bashing him today, and we probably won't on Sunday either. Um, but, and I admit, Stephen, I have. I haven't. I was objected to Cousins even coming here to this team. So, um, but here's the rest of our COVID list. Kirk Cousins, Nick Vigil. Patrick Jones, and Ole Udo. But Ole was activated this morning, and he's good to go. And here are all the rest of the Vikings players that have moved up 
T.Y. McGill, Eddie Yarborough. Um, they will be um, activated as well as Miles Dorn, Ty Smith, and Kenny Willickis. The fact they're bringing up Smith would indicate that Dantzler will be a no-go tomorrow. Yes. Uh, you are probably correct on that one. Not, not that Smith is going to play much, but just that they need that extra body at corner. Mm-hmm. So that's the way it's going to be. So we know Udo is going to be playing right guard starting tomorrow night, even though Steven doesn't want it. We don't have anybody else. Cole it was going to be Dozier if it wasn't going to be him. Yeah. So it's going to be Dozier. They weren't putting Wyatt Davis. They weren't putting Wyatt Davis in there. And like I said earlier in the week, Wyatt Davis can't beat out Dakota Dozier, Oliudo. Uh, Mason Cole, Oliodo, Davis again, um, uh, not Davis, but Dakota Dozier. There's something wrong with Wyatt Davis and the people that helped develop him. So, but that's an old story. Moving on to the next segment, since we had this wonderful news. However, oh, let's hit the Packers real quick. You said there were some updates to this list. Yeah, the 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 punter uh, whose name I can't pronounce, he Corey, got activated. Majorquez, Majorquez, uh, linebacker Oren Burks has been activated. Mercedes Lewis has been activated. Uh, ben Braden has been activated, and I believe um, the Tyler Davis had also been activated. Uh, I get the probably the, the key ones on there that have not been activated is Jenkins and um, King, Kingsley Kiki. Uh, two mm-hmm. two guys. So the, the the Packers, although they're used to this, they'll be going without three of their starting offensive linemen in this game. But all they've that's been the case for them all season. Bakhtiari has not played yet, and uh, and uh, Jenkins has been out a bit too. So they've been juggling those guys all year long, and they still been rolling along. Uh, probably uh, and playing pretty well as a unit, even though they got a lot of guys in there that would be wouldn't weren't going to be starters at, at the beginning right. of the well, season. All the blue stars on this list are have had starting snaps this season. So a majority of starting snaps, not just onesie twosies. Um John Littig talking about uh Super Bowl bound Vikings and he laughed. Technically it's still feasible. It's gonna take winning out and getting some luck and then winning the rest of the way out. Will it happen? Highly likely. Highly likely, yes. Probably not. Not, but hey, it is what it is. All right. Davis arched his back way too much in college, and that won't work in the NFL. I missed that. Um, Oh, Wyatt Davis. Wyatt Davis. You are correct, Dan. Uh, Bad technique does not survive in the NFL. All right. Here's the first topic you wanted to talk about. Bit of old news, uh, maybe, but uh, when after the uh, the LA the loss to the Rams, um, Justin Je- Jefferson made uh, headlines and uh, created a lot of a bit of a stir with his comments after the game, talking about the Vikings' lack of energy against the Rams, and um, I thought that was you know you know that was uh, if you after watching the game. 
uh, on you know the, the rewind of the game uh it really was noticeable both uh to me both among looking at the vikings just the way they were flying around or not flying around and the the you know the lack of after the first quarter it seemed that the crowd died too which is something that anthony Barr really talked about but i just it it was it, shocking to me that this was a, a big game for the vikings obviously captain obvious mm-hmm. uh, if they won it their playoff position would have been greatly improved um uh, i think most of these guys would like to make the playoffs uh give and get a chance to to, to fight for a super bowl uh but plus it's for one of, if they want that ex a little bit of extra scratch sure but for a second year guy like jefferson to come out and say i had to try to pump these guys up just uh, that to me just is says a lot about this team it says a lot about why that they're seven and eight right now and says a lot about why they have failed to 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 measure up to expectations that i think you and i and other people on this thread here today had for this team coming into the season and if you can't get up for a game like this or a game like last week's game against the rams with your playoff hopes you know you've you probably you got to win at least two of the next three and and likely almost yeah they were in the driver's have seat to, have to, at that time they, you know it was the driver's seat was you know but it was it was shaky but they were the they had to win seat. those games they had to win those games they had to come yeah. out with fire they knew they knew they were playing a very very good Los Angeles Rams team so coming out with no energy a lack of energy that's just just, just not going to cut it against the Rams a team like the Rams who uh, who on the other hand they they seemed plenty fired up to me mm-hmm. uh, they had a lot to play for you just weren't going to be able to go through the motions and beat them and the Vikings did go through the motions until and it wasn't things everybody. were too late, and they kind of got. This is the graphic no, I it, used earlier it, in the week. It never is everybody. It never right. is everybody. But you got Adam Thielen it, leading everybody out. He had a he had he played full of heart the whole game, and when he got aggravated injury, and then um, he came back out after that, and you know that had to be hurting because later this week we learned. Uh, um, Adam Thielen on to IR because of season-ending surgery. If he has surgery for a high ankle sprain, you know that it was bad. But he's willing enough, has the heart enough, and and the mental makeup to go out there and bust his ass. Now, why can't other players do that? especially on a regular basis, blows my mind. And there were some that did. There were some that had good games and you saw were moving everywhere. But not everybody. And it was Justin Jefferson, the second-year player, the one that's used to winning in college, that has to call people out. Now, on Justin's part, that's leadership. That's good leadership trait that we want to keep on our team and keep for the future. But it's sad, the fact that the second-year player has to call out these grizzled old veterans for just, you know, mailing it in. 
And I don't know uh, if he was referencing when he talked about the, if he was referencing at halftime after the Vikings had been so flat at halftime uh, or whether he was talking about the beginning of the game. Uh, but either way. I took it as the beginning uh, of the game. That in the either way. Warm-ups to get ready for the game. That they were just. And they were. And if you look at the, if we go back and throw up uh, the Rams deal, if you look at the score, and I know it's hard to see because it's tiny, we scored three points in the first half. I mean, it was, what was uh, the first five drives for them were three and outs. Mm-hmm. And the, the one that wasn't was the drive all the way down field and then turn it over. But it's just... You can't do that. You've got to come out pumped up, and you've got to stay pumped up the whole game. Now, if you open up a 30-point lead, all right, they stick it in cruise control. But until then, stay fired up. You're fighting, like you said, for your playoff lives against one of the best teams in the league, in the Rams, or at least one of the better ones, and you go out there and lay an egg like, uh, oh, well. Just another day. I'm here for my paycheck. Yes, boss. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I do. the whole thing is they're just playing for their paycheck is, is kind of a, uh, you know, that's kind of the common thing that we say from the outside. Uh, I, I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying that uh, these guys, these, some of these guys maybe thought that they were, had a lot of energy, but they did not have a lot of energy. They did not have the energy necessary to go out and beat an, you know, a team with 10, 11 wins like the Rams are who feel they're a Super Bowl contender and, and beat them. And the, the, the effort, the energy, the, the, the effort was not enough to beat the Rams. It was enough to keep us sort of in the game, but it wasn't enough for us to win a must-win game at home against a very good opponent. And like you said, Justin Jefferson calling out the team like that, it's great for him because uh, he can do it now because he's obviously one of the top three players the Vikings have on the roster. Mm -hmm. So he's got the street cred right now to make that kind of a call, even though he is in his his, uh, second year uh, because he's one of the best players we've got. And I think he's shown that he's always got the fire. He's always got the juice every game, every play, Every offensive series, he's up for it. Uh, I guess the only thing for me that beyond this season is I don't want JJ to be saying this again next year or the following, following year because year. at that at that point uh, when the Vikings come to him and try to lock him up to an extension, he might think twice about it because he's playing with uh, with a losing team that's developed a losing culture and he ain't used to that coming from LSU. And right. I don't think he's going to stand for that. Coming well, from we basically LSU. got him locked in for five years because they could do the fifth year extension automatically. Um, his pay goes way up. But yes, at that point, it's. And at that point, it's going to be whoever's running the team at that point because we both agree that I think that this is the end of the Mike Zero era. Hopefully, it is also Rick Spielman. And hopefully, I get my way, Kirk Cousins. Um, 
we might have them locked up for five years, but as you, we've seen in the case of different sport, but with Ben Simmons with the Philadelphia 76ers, also locked up for a long time. But if an athlete and a, and a very good athlete don't want to be with your franchise, they can do things to make it uncomfortable for your franchise to keep keep you uh, holding out oh, yeah. or, you know doing all kinds of, of stuff uh, with social media and whatnot, you, you know, using their agent to talk to your ownership, like Stefan Diggs did, a slightly different situation. You know, we had him locked up too, but then he didn't want to be here. And, and he, he made it clear that yeah. and he forced his way out. I don't want to see that happen with Jefferson because we have a bunch of players who don't show energy in must-win games or any game. Right. And this to me is, Justin Jefferson's the best wide receiver we've had since Randy Moss. So, and that's no slight to Stefan Diggs. It's just he's special, and you want to keep him here and continue that specialness. Um, Wayne, continue that specialness? Yeah. They're talking. Continue the continue to, to get the offense uh, playing at uh, a top ten top level like we want or top five level. That's going to be a lot easier when you got Justin Jefferson as one of the guys, one of your mainstays, one of your franchise cornerstones, mm-hmm. than having to 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 ship him off and trade him. And then maybe we don't get as lucky uh, uh, in the uh, in that trade as we did with the Diggs trade when we got right. Jefferson. Right. Exactly. All right. Next subject. This is one you wanted to talk about, Kenny Wongu and Mason Crosby. Yeah, well, it, we, we touched on, we showed the special teams rankings a few minutes ago, showing that the Vikings have a big advantage over uh, that team from Wisconsin in special teams. Now, this was something I wanted to talk about uh, Wednesday, Thursday, before I knew that Kirk Cousins was not going to be playing, and Sean Mannion was. And so if you look at the Packers games this year, uh, as good of a team as they are, as well-rounded a team as they are, as you know, as many wins as they have this year compared to the Vikings, they do not blow teams out. Most, a lot of their games are usually one-score games, and Packer fans complain about that all uh fairly regularly you know they just say how come Lafleur can't put teams away kind of sounds like something viking fans say about zimmer but (laughs) i think packers fans complain about everything unless it's perfect um they complain about the refs if one of their guys gets a flag you know or if rogers doesn't get um a uh, roughing the passer call when uh you know say Pierce sneezes on him or something. So that's Packers. But uh, so with with Cousins in the game, I was expecting that uh, this would be your typical Viking 2021 game where you, you, you got a one score game, three points, four points, seven point. It would be that way. And the special teams would be, again, uh, one of those field levelers where our big advantage in special teams over the Packers could potentially give us a score or two difference that might allow the Vikings to squeak one out at, at Lambeau. Uh, and that was one of the ways you do that is, again, uh, like I feel really feel Wangu is going to take one more to the house. I was uh, sent tomorrow 
tomorrow night. Potentially, that could be that uh, seven points, unexpected points that uh, that we weren't gonna that we weren't gonna get, but the special teams gave us. The other thing is Mason Crosby has missed a lot of field goals this year, like an inordinate amount for an NFL kicker. Still kept his job, but he has been shaky from the start of the season till now. He missed a key kick in the the Vikings win in Minnesota a month ago. And I think that, you know, I felt that he was going to miss probably one of those key kicks in this game, particularly with the weather not being that great. Uh, So special teams, I felt, was something that could really uh, give, you know, the Vikings could get a three to seven point edge with that uh, if the game was close. But with Cousins out of the game, um, you know, the, the chances of uh, the special teams being that big of a factor, uh, I think, drops down a fair bit. I th- one thing that I think that the Vikings should look at, uh, and we've seen the Lions do this a couple of times this year, is that not just the, like the trick plays on punts or, you know, that, that would be something I think that the Vikings have done a couple of those this year and been successful on one of them. And another one, I think, got called back uh, a timeout was called but uh, the, the the vikings have well, to do some unusual unexpected on one of them. yeah yeah the vikings have to do i think some unexpected things in this game to to try to take uh, advantage to try to take advantage of of their strengths on special teams and so uh the, you know again a fake punt maybe you got Barry throwing a pass or, or another end around on that sort of a thing uh maybe uh um an onside kick it'll depend on the at a surprise onside kick it'll depend on the situation and what the score is but the Vikings will have to take some chances like that i think if if the you know the sit- game situation and the score allows them to 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 win it because uh, they can't depend on Sean Mannion and his arm <laughs> keeping them in the game or bringing them back from if they get behind. They're going to have to have some other things. They're going to have to have some other units step up, defense creating some turnovers, and special teams creating some big plays like Wang Chung taking one into the house. The, you know, again, giving you a, a seven points, you weren't, your offense doesn't have to get. And... Again, Mason Crosby missing a field goal or two. Uh, I, I do wonder with the with the conditions being what they are, if uh, you might see that the that the Packers might choose to go for it on fourth and whatever if they get on our side of the fifty. You know, instead of right. depending on Crosby to to clank one or miss one in bad field conditions, they might just say, "Hey, it's fourth and four. We got Aaron Rodgers. Let's we'll see what it. happens." Yeah, they yeah. very well may. Um, now, I do hope that we see, we expect a lot of running. I've said that. Expect a lot of heavy formations where they bring in uh, Brandell and make another lineman. Um, I would also like to see every once in a while they throw in Wangwu and Cook at the same time. Do something confusing uh, to help, you know, get the defense thinking. Because nobody's thinking, ooh, Mannion's going to throw it long to Jefferson because that ain't happening. Um, so take advantage of the but fact I think that that's, they know they're going to yeah. run. I, and mes- I think that is a very, that. very good point, Dave. Like you said, like bringing Brandell, uh, you know, going su- super heavy on 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 some of the plays and try to uh, – Kingsley Kiki is not playing, it looks like. Um, that Kenny Clark's still in there, but if Lancaster isn't playing, I expect he will, but he's a pretty key piece of that 
front three that they've got there too. He's a big stout dude. So if he's not playing, yeah, go heavy, try to ground and pound it uh, and see if you can, you can wear down uh, the, the Packers defense with the run. We did it last year in Lambeau, just blew the, blew the doors off them and r- ran at will. You, you saw that the, their Elias stats, they're not very good against the run and uh, in, in that sort of thing. There is something, again, you, you, you've got a disadvantage at quarterback with Mannion starting against Rodgers. So if you can ground and pound, kill time off the clock and still produce points, with an effective running game with Dalvin Cook, Madison, maybe a little bit of Wangwu, uh, maybe it can work. Maybe I, I think that's really you know your your only shot with if you're a Vikings uh, a fan because again uh, Sean Kirk Cousins ain't coming through the door and Sean Mannion ain't throwing for 300 yards. Nope. <laughs> All right, now everybody's been talking about one of their favorite subjects in the chat so far, and here it is. You wanted to talk Mike about Zimmer. Mike Zimmer. I did. I I think how I kind of uh, uh, introduced this theme was that is this Mike Zimmer's last stand? And by last stand, I mean if if the Vikings, if I'm saying if the Vikings lose Sunday night against the Packers, is that the last game? That is that finally it? Do the Wilfs decide we've seen enough of this? It's not getting any better. We're out of playoff contention. And if the Vikings lose Sunday night, they will be officially eliminated uh, from the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to, they, again, like you said earlier, they have to win both of their games and get some help to get into the playoffs. But a loss officially eliminates them on Sunday night. If that happens, what is the point in keeping Zimmer around? I really feel that... I think you know you. I think it's. I think it's fair to say that you, you think the Vikings need to ch- move on from the head coach that we've got right now and the most of the coaching staff. That's how I feel. That's how a lot of feel. Uh, a lot of people who are on this uh, watching this show today feel. And if the Vikings lose, and particularly in a in a in a horrific blowout, mm-hmm. uh, ugly fashion, which is quite likely now that Cousins isn't going to be in there. Um, I think the Wilfs are going to say, you know, that's it. We, we need to cut. Uh, there's really no reason to have Zimmer come back next week against the bears and coach that game. Well, we, we know that we can, we know that we can, uh, we are now allowed to interview head coaching candidates as of December 28th. That's if Let's they cut. let them know they're not coming back next year. They could say, Mike, You've got one more game to coach. However, you are not going to be coming back next year, and we're going to start interviewing. Uh, we already did in the last quarter. Here's Ziggy on his phone going, I've already called these people. So just to let you know, uh, you're still on the books for through next week, but we will not be having you back after January 10th. They could do that. And get away with it, and he'd still be the coach for Chicago, and it, and that game obviously wouldn't mean diddly squat. Um, or they could say, we've made that decision as well. Mike, go to your ranch, enjoy some time off. Uh, Andre or whoever will be interim coach for a week, and thank you for your service. 
You've been good for the team. However, it's time for us to move on. And, and keep it. I don't. Way. I don't. It doesn't have to be acrimonious. There doesn't have to be, you know, hate. I mean, it's he did change the culture of the team and made things better over his time here. It's just that it's grown very stale, and everybody seems to be tired of it. So it's time to move on. It, it is time to move on. Uh, Zimmer did. Uh, uh, have some, uh, did, he was the, we'll probably talk about this in a couple of weeks, uh, you know, but Zimmer was the right coach at the, at that time for the Vikings. Uh, and, uh, and his first four seasons as a Vikings head coach was, uh, were, I think, uh, you know, he did about as well as, uh, he, you know, he performed up to expectations since 2019, not so much. And, uh, but I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think the Wilfs would, would do what you're suggesting or, or uh, Dave in that saying, telling him after this game, Mike, you got to coach one more game, but you're not coming back. I don't think that they would do that. I think that they would, because I think that they re- respect Zimmer enough that they would say, look, we're not going to make you coach a game when you're a lame duck head coach. Okay. Uh, we'll let you go now. You can take it's that possible. extra week or two. And uh, that gives you more time to find a job next year as well. Uh, I just, I think, I think if they lose, yeah, well, Hey, uh, I think if they lose Sunday night, that is going to be Zimmer's last game as head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, even if they lose close, because I think at that point you're out of the playoffs. Um, the, the team has not progressed, not gotten any better throughout the year, despite providing a lot of ammunition, particularly on the defensive side to improve things. I think you, you got to change things up. You got to find new blood for the coach as a head coach and as a coaching staff. And I think that they will cut the cord if the Vikings lose Sunday night. And I think that would, that would be the, the right move for all involved. Mm-hmm. Joseph saying he's not feeling sorry for Zim. There's no need to. However, things will feel better. And, you know, five or 10 years, it did the same thing with uh, um, Denny Green. Things got very acrimonious towards the end. And then afterwards, we all have fond memories of Denny and those teams. Um, This will be Mike Zimmer's probably last game against Aaron Rodgers. Obviously against as a Vikings and possibly as Aaron Rodgers as a Packer. Aaron may retire after this year, or he may move on. And so this is it. And it's one of those cold winter games that happens in Lambeau. So whatever, however this game goes Sunday, at least watch it and enjoy it for the historic fact that this is an end of that relationship. Every time since Mike's been here and he's gone up against Aaron, Aaron comments on how tough it is to go against Mike and they play this chess match. They happen to be tied in the contest. I think it's 3-3-1 and on how they do. So this just historically is a significant game for both. It's going to suck. It's going to be cold. Uh but that's what they make liquid antifreeze for. So, <laughs> hey, 
At least find what enjoyment you can out of it. Is all I'm saying. Stephen was at, uh, Stephen made a comment in in the in uh, just a couple of uh, seconds ago about he doesn't feel that the the Vikings ownership wants to move on from Zimmer. Um, and um, speaking I, of which, I, you know, graphic on cue. Yes, Ziggy and Mark. Mm-hmm. I I like uh, I think that they. They may not want to move on from Zimmer, and if they really did, they probably would have made this uh, decision to get rid of him maybe a little bit earlier in the season uh, when things were didn't go so well as expected either. But I, you know, I, I think that's I think that they have they do really respect Zimmer. They respect the amount of work that he's put into. Um, as a head coach, I think they respect the the job he did 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, getting the team to an NFC championship game. Uh, I, I think they respect his, his, his football knowledge, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but I, I think that a, they've got a fan base that's, that buys tickets, that, that buys shirts, that buys hats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of them are sick and tired of this, uh, the Zimmer ball, the, the, you know, the, the we'll try to win with defense, even though our defense isn't very good anymore. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. offensive philosophy of let's run, 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 run with cook as much as we can, even when it doesn't seem to be working, uh, not having a killer instinct, not being able to put teams away, uh, giving up blowing late leads in the games when you should be winning. Losing comfortably. Focus, I think bad game management. Yeah. There's losing to the solved yeah. that, haven't been Dan asked, and yeah, so and there uh, should Vikings fans there's been be no improvement. Vodka? Um, and I would say whatever high test alcohol of choice is the appropriate one, it could be vodka, it could be schnapps, it could be bourbon, you know, something that gets you fired. If you if if you're the Wilson and you're looking at this team and you say we haven't we haven't made the playoffs two years in a row since 2008 2009 and we haven't made the playoffs in the last two seasons under Zimmer and our uh, and it's been four years since we went to the NFC Championship game and we hey you know we signed this thirty forty million dollar uh, quarterback uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think that they have to see that, hey, got to switch things up and uh, we've got to make a change in the head coaching position or else we could lose a lot of the players that are some of our key guys like Jefferson and we could lose a lot of the fans as well that uh, cheer Which for they us don't faithfully. Yeah. Yeah. Cheer for us faithfully and buy a lot of merchandise and pay for a lot of season tickets. So I think as much as they you know, want – uh, like Zimmer, respect him. They, I think, they see the writing is on the wall for the, for him as a head coach here as well, and and some new blood is needed desperately. I'm curious if they're going to be at the game Sunday night. By the way, I Dan, think, uh, they drink Ziggy's favorite is scotch. I think it, I'm pretty sure that uh, Ziggy's at every game. No, there's been a few that they've missed. I know, he, I know he doesn't live in the Twin Cities, but uh, but mm-hmm. but he seems to be a, a constant guy there. But uh, yeah, um, interesting times. It, it's gonna, it will be interesting. Now, to end the show, we wanted to end with some good news, and there it is: the one and only Mullet Man, 
Mr. Jared Allen is a finalist for the Hall of Fame. Next time we hear anything will be the selectees. And uh, that comes in, what, July? Um, somewhere around that time period. And so if he gets selected, that makes the Vikings eligible for uh, the Hall of Fame game, which means the extra preseason game, which will now from five to four if they get it, uh, but an extra preseason game with a rookie coach, new coach, would help things. So I think Jared Allen belongs in the Hall of Fame, and I like the idea of the Vikings getting an extra preseason game next year so uh, they can work out the new kinks. Any thoughts, Darren? It seems to me Allen is a like a slam dunk guy, I, I but uh, like he's what top five all time in sacks, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but again, when you get these guys who haven't played in a Super Bowl, haven't won a Super Bowl, haven't played in a Super it's Bowl, tougher. Uh, it's tougher for them to get in the hall on their on their first go. And so I wouldn't be surprised if Allen didn't make it, even though. He's probably the most, other than Adrian Peterson, he's probably be the most deserving to get in in the first ballot hall of uh, first ballot, and also he is probably the most uh, the most well known Viking player nationally um, during the, his time with the Vikings. You know because he is he is such a um, a talkative, upbeat, uh, a uh, you know boisterous, mm-hmm. such a personality that even when even when the Vikings didn't have some of their better years while he was there, uh, he always uh, got a lot of I think I got a lot of recognition for what he did and for the kind of individual he was and for the kind of things he said like the embrace you know the famous embrace the suck <laughs> those kind of comments and his you know his lassoing uh, sack. Yep sack dance and all that sort of stuff. So uh, he should be in, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, they uh, put in DeMarcus Ware instead of him and, mm-hmm. and you know, a few other dudes that don't have the resume, you know, might not have the resume that Jared Allen does. DeMarcus Ware does have a very good Hall of Fame resume. Right. I'm not saying that. But there's some other guys on there who I wouldn't say match up with Allen's, and, uh, but they might get in because, you know, they – played in New York or they played in one of the bigger media places mm-hmm. and, uh, or they played on the Super Bowl winning team. Yep. And very well could be. And with that, we'll switch back to our main screen and in the show, any last words going into Sunday night? I hope this doesn't take too long, but uh, Dave, I wanted to ask you um, and it's something that's been brought up on, on other um, uh, threads that I've seen is the starting Mannion versus starting Kellen Mond in this one. I actually Drew Bunting, who usually tunes in, mentioned this in the Gallhorn site yesterday. But um, when word got out that Cousins was was not going to be able to play because he's got COVID and Mannion was going to start, uh, some people kind of said, "Well." Why are they putting Mannion in there? Why don't they put Mond in there? Why don't they see what he can do? And uh, Drew said, well, hey, you know, kind of we should pump the brakes on this. You know, Mond showed in the preseason he is not ready to start an NFL game at all. Uh, you know, it, it's, and to have him play in prime time and poor weather conditions against the Packers 
at Lambeau, probably not the best situation for, for him to get his first NFL start. Um, but is Mannion going to do any better? And is Mannion the potential future of this team? No, he is not. So those are some of the arguments that other people have brought up. You know, they're saying, well, hey, maybe Mond isn't going to do very well, but it would give you a game of tape to see if, you know, what he has to work on. Does he potentially, is he potentially the guy who could be your starting quarterback in a year or two? Um, I kind of, rolled around those arguments in my head a bit and I kind of thought well you know I sort of would rather see Mond maybe start than Mannion as well just to see what would happen what do you think well one you're missing a whole segment of the fan base the slaughterhouse gang that uh, (laughs) when uh, Cousins went on COVID IR Mannion was still on COVID IR um, Mm -hmm. and they were thinking Mond or Sloter um there's there's a whole chunk of people that want Slaughter to go in there because he may not practice well and he may not follow instructions well, but boy, when he gets in a game against third stringers, he makes magic. And uh, as far as Kellen Mond, uh, Drew does have a point there. Getting him out and starting on a cold winter's night in Green Bay is not necessarily the proper first impression you want to put on a guy's psyche um, for a first game. I think the thought process is Mannion is a backup. He knows things a heck of a lot better. He's been in NFL games before. He knows the situation. He will handle himself better. And we're not even talking skill levels. Um, Skill levels, they may be a wash. They may be equal because we don't, Mond, we know, is no great quarterback, um, but we know Mannion definitely isn't. But if he keeps his head and, you know, hands off well and does the occasional dump off to Conklin if he's playing, we should be all right. I think that's the smart choice. Now, if the Vikings lose tomorrow night, then... Uh, I want to see Mon start against Chicago. That's what mm. I want to see him. In our house, against Chicago, the game doesn't matter, right? So they can put him in and tell Kirk, yep, we're resting you, buddy. You're still on COVID. Don't worry about learning the playbook. Mon's going to play no matter what, even if you come off the list. And uh, that's where I would like to see Mon play rather than in a hostile environment in absolutely horrible weather. I guess the other thing is that uh, we're not really sure um, if they'll even activate Mon tomorrow. Maybe they'll put Sloter in as the, the backup, although that would seem no. pretty Zimmer hard said, to believe. Mike Zimmer said in his press conference, Mond is the backup tomorrow. He in which case, in which case, if the game really goes sideways and you're you know midway through the third quarter, the Vikings their Vikings are down like twenty seven to to nothing, which could very well happen. Then yeah, then Mon might get in anyway. Mm-hmm. Very well could be, it, it could happen. But I understand Drew's logic, and and then I agree with it. It's it's so, but we'll see. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. And tomorrow night, after the game, stay up late. As you know, Climbing the Pockets, the final score will go live at the two-minute mark in the fourth quarter. And we hope to see you all there. 
as we react to whatever we've seen so far in the game. And if everything goes like schedule this season, the Vikings will be within one score, up or down, and we'll all be biting our nails in that last two minutes. Hmm. I think that could be about the best we could hope for, considering yeah. the situation oh, that's been handed to us. We started the week at six and a half under point underdogs, and uh, the forty-two point five is the over/under. We are now thirteen point underdogs with Cousins going to COVID IR. So, hey, if we can keep this streak going and break that record, we had the 14 games within one score. The record will be 15, and especially if we do it this week, so they can't say, well, you had an extra game to do it, hey? right? Mm-hmm. If you do it this week, it equals all, it, it busts the record. So, we shall see. I want to see that. Hey, let's get the Vikings another notorious record. Uh, especially <laughs> another one under Mike Zimmer because he seems to have racked up a lot. So, we shall see. What do we always say at the end of the show, Aaron? School Vikings! Thanks everybody for viewing, and we'll see you Sunday night. School! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.